Ladies and gentlemen, we're shoveling. This is the growing season brought to you by News Talks. So on 960 AM, I'm Matt, the producer, a.k.a. Matt McFarlane. And uh, not pleased as peaches because we're back on the stinking telephone lines here and doing this thing remotely because we are being responsible and we are obeying the wishes of the Ontario government. As usual, I'm pleased to be joined by mom and dad via telephone. Jacqueline, mom, dad, how are you guys doing? Not too bad, Matthew. Yeah, I'm doing great, Matt. Yes, we had said when we jumped back on the mics, oh, it was so good. This is the last time that we're ever going to have to do this. Well, uh, COVID-19 decided to uh, take another win, another W in the win column. Regardless, yeah. what's going to happen this week is we're going to chat about putting your plants on. In fact, this will be another sequel to one of our shows from the past. We're going to call this Put Your Plants On Too. And I find myself saying that, but it's mostly put your pants on. I have uh, two young kids that have taken a great affection to running around scantily clad in the house. Mom, Dad, did uh, Aaron and I ever do that? Matthew, I think you did a lot, actually. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you guys had no problem running around with hardly anything on, you know. Even in the winter, the house was warm and... You know what? You enjoyed it. It was kind of like freedom, eh? Now, the issue being is back then, the people coming to your door for mail were not nearly as plentiful as they are now with the fact that we've got Amazon and everything coming. So there have been a number of times where I'm quite sure that Canada Post or FedEx is coming, and I'm telling the kids, you have to get dressed. Well, like, either that or stay out of their line of vision. Stay out like, of you know. Yes. Yeah, stay on the line of vision because, yeah, yeah, you don't particularly want the Amazon delivery person to see your kids running around nude. Absolutely. All that and more. We're going to be chatting about the horticultural elements of the things that you are wearing, and some of those are none of our business. She's Lynn, he's Jack, I'm Matt. On the other side, put your plants on too. And we are back. This is the growing season. News Talks on 960 AM. Follow along with us on Showbits. Click on growingseasoncanada.com. It's the visual accompaniment to the show. Now, as you heard me make mention off the top of the show, we're going to be chatting about putting your plants on. This is our winter format as far as our programming. You'll, you, will, you will have noticed because you've been tuning in over and over again that over the course of the landscape season, we shifted out to many topics regarding the outdoors and horticultural and job site stories, etc. But over the winter period, we get to jump into some of the things that you have not heard, including... The fact that our food waste is providing much of the fodder for the clothing that we're wearing. Dad, is this why my underwear smells? No. <laughs> Matthew, do you want to hear, hear something really strange? About my underwear? Okay, yes, yeah. please. No, not your underwear. Oh. Can they make clothing out of poop? <sighs> I, I guess the answer is yes. Uh, kind of yes, kind of <laughs> no. What do you... What do you got, Mom? Well, they certainly wouldn't be making clothing out of our poop because we're omnivores. We eat both meat and vegetables, but they can make clothing out of cow poop. Really? It's called, yes, it's called, well, think about it. Cows are vegetarians. They eat a lot of hay and grass. Uh, fibers like that are used to make clothing. So it's a fabric. It's called Mestic. It's out of Holland. Of course, they have lots of cows, and it was invented by this woman in Holland. It's very recent, 2016, but what they do is they have a process and the acid in the cow poop helps to get the fiber out of the poop and then they make it into yarn. Yarn's the wrong word, but they make it into fibers that can be woven. Yeah, and it does not smell like poop, okay? When you put your underwear on, if it's made from this uh, mastic stuff, it does not smell like poop. So you're telling me Hold on, hold on a damn minute here. You're, you're telling me <laughs> that they take manure, cow manure. Cow manure, cow manure. Yeah, yeah. And someone came along and said, you know what? We have a lot of this poop. Who wants a sweater? Is that what happened? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, hey, you, you know, think about it. Especially Holland, they have a lot of cows. Why not? That's I insane. Mean, they're, using, they're using animal poop to make heat. Yeah, I guess. But, but mom, there's a there's a big difference between heat and the fact that your that your dress pants are made from the poops of a cow. 
Yeah, I don't <laughs> imagine it's dress pants, okay, Matthew? Remember, everything that you're talking about when it comes to clothing basically is to do with fiber, okay? So it could come from a tree or it could come from anything. But the fact of the matter is it's all about fiber. So cows eat grass. Grass is fibrous and you can make clothing out of it. Whether or not I would go out tomorrow and buy a, a pair of, you said, slacks or something, I don't know. I don't think so, Matt. Now, but mom, so you briefly touched on the on the process of this. Can we get a little bit more in depth? Like, is there, so are there videos here of like, this is Bill. He's walking out to the manure pile and he's going to take handfuls of manure. He brings it inside to the manure transformation machine that then makes it into a pair of gitch for you. I, you know what? We didn't really have time. Yes, we did. Oh, okay. Dad knows more than me. Matthew, um, there was actually a video for this. Okay. And I would love to play it for our next landline. Okay. I'm also going to embed the video of this ludicrous concept into Showbits. So, again, growingseasoncanada.com. Click on Showbits, and you'll see this video because this this fascinates me. As well as, I was also told that our food waste is being used to create clothing as well. Yes? Yes, okay. very much so. Is this similar to... Are you guys remember seeing Back to the Future 2? I, I remember, we saw it. I remember that wasn't the best of the three. No, the first one was, was the best of the bunch. But number two, so what they do is, remember how in the first one they have to take, they got to use plutonium to make the reaction, to make the car get up over 88 mile an hour and then jump in, and then can, jump time, right? So he comes back from the future at the tail end of the first one and they no longer need a nuclear reaction to make this happen. They actually can use garbage, and so oh. they basically pop open this little thing in the back of the, of the DeLorean. <laughs> they drop in some orange peels. And they like, put garbage in? He's like rummaging through the garbage cans on the street and just dumping stuff into the DeLorean. And then they take off. Is this the same thing? Is Doc Brown the uh, sponsor for food made or clothing made from garbage? Do you know what, Matthew? You're not far off, okay? What, what they were saying was that they take things like the waste from, say, bananas, uh, pineapple, uh, flax, hemp. All, even the remains that are left over from doing sugarcane processing, okay? All of that is collect, collected and spun into a natural fiber that can be wo- woven into garments, Matthew. It's absolutely dynamite. Now, Dad, would you have a percentage as to how much of our clothing is made from... Do you want to you know, Matthew, the numbers have gotten really frightening. Okay, so back in 1960, we were using approximately 97% of our clothing was being made from plant-based products. Do you know how much it is today? I just, I just got, these are just recent numbers. That's why before Christmas I had mentioned it, the numbers have actually come in now, Matt, and you'll be shocked. 70%? How much? 35%. Wait a minute, hold on, slow down. Okay, so wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. So 35% of the clothing that we are wearing now is made up of plant materials. Plant-based products, yeah. The rest would be synthetics. And the rest are synthetics and so Oil-based. Which okay. are all bad for the environment, Matt. Now, but, and you probably don't have these numbers. Yes, but I here's, do. Okay, here's a... <laughs> well, <laughs> go, go ahead, lay okay. it on me. So here's a question. Obviously, the number one way to battle the consumption of fossil fuels and to begin to at least try to... <laughs> somewhat mitigate the climate crisis would be for transferring everything over to electric energy or alternate energy sources. And I understand that. But would you have the numbers if everybody went, if we flipped it back to 70% or sorry, 95% is based on plant-based products for clothing, how much would that affect the climate crisis? I know that here in our notes, we're saying that we basically, as humans, we throw out 70 pounds of clothing per year, which in my case is absolutely not happening. Ladies and gentlemen, I have, I have underwear that look more like fishnets, okay? <laughs> there's, there's that many holes in them. And okay, let's be serious, guys. Okay, so we are, we are recording this show here now remotely. I'm in my own home studio. You guys are in your home studio. Are you guys in your pajamas? No. no, no okay. No. I am straight up in my pajamas. Okay? Oh, okay. And I have probably worn my pajamas more now 
in the last, well, since March the 13th than I ever have in my entire life. So I would imagine this year, the 70 pounds of clothing that people would normally be throwing out, that's got to be dramatically less. I but, mean, wait a minute. So, Melanie, it, it's, here's a bigger number that should scare you, okay? Globally, that represents about 13 million tons of textile waste every year. That's a number that you should be afraid of. And it's just because this is oil-based. Yes. The majority it's of it's oil-based so that you're yep. now basically, it's, it's, it's as bad as throwing out whatever, right? Sure. And if you take it, the food that's being, uh, being dumped and basically put into our landfills and so forth, that represents another 250 million tons of byproducts from five key food groups. Any idea, Matt, what they are? Five key food groups. Remember, they want to make, they want to make things out of them like, that are clothing-based. What, any idea what that would be? I mentioned them off the top of the show. Uh, bananas. Yep. Pineapples. Yep, yep. Um, corn? I would imagine you could say yes on that. That wasn't on it. They just said stock, so I, I would say yes on that. But these I are food groups, though. Like, when you say food groups, are you talking about fruits, vegetables, that type of thing? Sure. No, it's no, actually not crops, vegetables, man. but it have to have, a, have some sort of fiber to it, Okay. Okay. Okay, I'll make this. I'll speed this up for you. Go for it. Flax, hemp, sugarcane. Sugarcane's also being used for for yep. clothing. Yes, and the same yep. as bamboo. I see, what is, it just looks like a miniaturized version of bamboo. It's a pole, right, Matt? Wow. So Matt, they do something called. Okay, so this is what's really interesting. Okay, for the most part, when we grow something for clothing, so let's say we took flax. Okay, and we grew an area of of fields that we're going to grow our clothing for using flax. Now, the idea is you need an area roughly 20 feet by 20 feet to make one shirt. Get that? Okay. One shirt. Okay? So that sounds like a whole lot. Like it's a, it's a lot, okay? But what they're trying to do, Matt, is they're trying to do something where you can get more than one use. You know how you always talk about this plant must do more than one thing, and you go on and on and on, yes. and it has to do yep. three or four different things. Well, what they're trying to do is they're trying to make something grow and use it for more than one purpose. So they're using it for an edible purpose, purpose, and they're also using it for something for clothing. Okay, so the idea is they have this something, it's new technology, and they call it the circular system. Okay, okay. so they take waste and it gets turned into fabric. Simple as that. And in the past, farmers would have to burn the waste and that would contribute to, say, air pollution and climate change, okay? Now, this is the interesting part because, like, we all know, like, and I'm not sure, but like with you guys, but with us in school, the, the three R's were something that was taught and it wasn't reading, writing, arithmetic. It was reduce, reuse, recycle. We heard about that over and over and over again. And my wife, your daughter-in-law, my wife, Kelly Jordan, works for, a, for an interior design firm called HOK. They're a multinational. They want a certain percentage of their designers to be familiar with a bunch of sustainable design initiatives. One of them is called LEED, which my wife is LEED certified, but the brand yeah, new one is... That. Yeah, yep. yeah, and But the brand new one's called WELL, and she's in the process of studying for that. But the number one thing that she says is we as a species do not, we completely avoid or we do not subscribe to the reuse part of this. My wife has seen it predominantly in her line of work is there are many people, many firms, many companies that are reluctant to reuse. So the notion is tear out, throw out, build new. Right. And dad, you come from a contractor background, like you were involved in landscaping for years and years and years. Let's say that you step onto a site. What's the percentage of the materials that you would be seeing on site that that you would be reusing? Soft or hard? Hard. So on the hard stuff, unless it had some sort of interesting rock or, or a piece of wood that were lying around, like a piece of driftwood, probably none. Okay? Right. Now, how about and on the softscape, on the shrubbery? On side? the soft side of it, if, if possible, and they weren't too old and, and didn't have a large root system, 20 to 30% of the time okay. we, would, we would recycle. Otherwise, not at all. Yeah. And you see, that, that's the issue, right? The, the, the issue becomes, 
And sometimes it isn't even necessarily the contractor doing it. Sometimes it's the client that like, listen, I want this torn out. Like, I just want sure. to go back to nothing. But Matt, the less stuff that you send, the less waste that is being sent to the landfill, to rot, it will rot and then it will emit methane, which again heats up the planet and back to climate change. Yeah. But here's the, I had mentioned about that freeing up the land to grow food instead of growing fabric crops. That's a biggie. But Matt, think about this. They don't need as much equipment to process everything because it's doing a double, per, it's doing a double job. Okay. Right. So the amount of machinery that would be required to say, do it twice because you would have to use it for say food and then change it out for fabric. So the idea is Matt, you end up with having that you, you, you're not, you know, adding to climate change. And here's another biggie. Generally speaking, you don't need as many chemicals to grow, say, cotton and then switch it out to something else. Or, or like cotton wouldn't be a good example because you can't use it for two food crops, but you could use pineapple. Okay, you can use bananas. Okay, so that can get flipped out. Even though we're having problems right now with the Cavendish disease, Panama disease on the, on the bananas, the leaves would still be usable as fabric. Okay, so and here's but the dad, number. But dad, so then question for you, are these, are these countries that are predominantly using these tropical fruits as exports, are they getting involved in the clothing end of this? So let's say you are a country that's... Yes. Yes. Yes, for sure. That's they fantastic. So, you, so this is another revenue source, another revenue stream. Sure. Oh, that's the big thing, right? This, Matt, you take the banana, okay? Right. So yes, Cavendish or Fusarium wilt is killing the bananas, but the leaves can be used to make a fabric called abaca. And uh, as in Serge Abaca, Serge has a whole a whole fabric no, named after him. Not Abaca. No, no. I said banana is Abaca. Banana is Abaca. Yeah, or it's called vanilla hemp, and it's it's the elder sheath of the banana plant. It's used to make cloth. And actually, in the Philippines, there's a, a an island where they are called Mindanao, and the villagers on this island make this abaca cloth, and they do it in a traditional way. They do it without electricity. Uh, they they wash the fibers in the river, and, and this is like the weaving capital of the Philippines. So yeah, they yeah. So the banana, the leaves are being used to make cloth. It's all former wear, is it? No, that's pina. That's, that's pina. pina. Yeah. Oh my goodness. What is yeah. pina? No, I'm sorry. It's really hard to keep track of all this stuff. Pina is my neighbor, by the way. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, pina, I I can't pronounce it properly. It's an N with that wavy thing. Oh, over that's it. A, that, that would be pena. Pena, yeah, it is. It's made from the pineapple leaves, also made in the Philippines. And this is the cloth. It, it's something. It comes out almost like silk, and it's soft, and it's used for their formal wear. For and uh, pineapples, we, pineapple leaves. They they cut the pineapple off. Not the fruit. Yeah, I was going to say, they man, you the smell pineapple, great. <laughs> they eat the fruit, but the leaves are used to make. Um, Beautiful formal wear clothing. Actually, May showed us a dress of hers made from it, and the fabric is soft and it's kind it of like luscious. Silk. It looks like silk. It's absolutely beautiful. Now, what's the process? I'm sorry, by the way. Let's do a station ID here. This is the growing season on News Talk, Saga 960 AM. Follow along with us, growingseasoncanada.com. Click on show bits. It's the visual accompaniment to the, clo- to the, to the clothes, to the show. And uh, yeah, this one's nice because you'll see lots of piles of manure that will eventually be turned into uh, your son or daughter's dress pants if they're going to Catholic school. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> man, it really puts a new spin on you smell like. Yeah. Right? But <laughs> with an idea. That's yeah, it. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. So but mom, what is the process necessary? Like is there is it difficult to get into the game here when it comes to um the making of clothing in this fashion? Like is this would this be too expensive for third world countries to get involved in the in the equipment necessary to do it? But from what I read, it sounds like now this would be the traditional way of doing it. It's all done by hand. Now, obviously, once the, the fibers are made, once they're made into yarn, and when I say yarn, I'm not just talking wool. I'm talking any kind of fiber. I would think, yes, that they are they are made into fabric in a commercial way. But the traditional way is that the, uh, the leaves were pulled away from the pineapple. Then they were hand scraped, and it's the pulp. And then it's, it, it's kind of stiff and then it's knotted one by one to form a continuous filament that could be hand woven and made into pin, pin, pinya cloth. Fabric. Fabric, yeah. 
That's really cool. And it's used, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. Okay. And actually, they use um, used, uh, coconut husks to scrape it. Really? To, to get the pulp off. Yeah. Now, that would be the traditional way. And I am sure now that they would have a commercial way of doing it. Okay. So besides but, the... But you know, wait, wait a minute, Matt. Do you know what? Here's a, here's a big thing, okay? Just think of it this way. Because of this circular method where they're reusing all this food waste and so forth, do you know how much it's actually going to save on a global... Okay, I'm not talking money-wise, but let's say times-wise. If we all of a sudden started using our food waste for fabric... How much would it save globally? Is it one times as much? Is it two times as much? Is it three times as much or what? Five times. So that our demand is met. Hmm? Five times. Two and a half times, Matthew. Wow. So it's very important for crying out loud. So then, Dad, is, is what you're suggesting is the, is, is the big fashion trend of 2021, like pants made out of old yogurt containers? Hey, no. those are some oh, nice wait, 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 activity wait, 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 pants. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Plastic can be made into clothing as well, but, but that's, not, that's not us. We're not hort- but that's not horticulture, okay? Right, right. But, but you're right, Matt. In the end, you can make basically clothing out of anything. Okay, Mom, Mom mentioned the pineapple leaves and the banana. But you know, Matt, sugar cane, because it's basically, uh, it's another uh, good, great fiber, like, like, say, bamboo, and it's called big ass, okay? Okay. And Did you just say, hold on absolute... a second, did you just say big ass? No, I didn't. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, he didn't. Okay. Big ass. <laughs> okay. Okay. And anyways, Matt, the, the waste is, uh, there's a lot of waste from sugar cane, and it's used basically big time in the apparel industry. Yeah, it's, but gas is used in the production of textile rayon fibers, such as viscose, modal, and lyocell. Yeah, so yeah, it can be made into clothing. So is what you're telling me, rayon, the fabric rayon, this is, like, this could have come from my pina colada? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's really cool, actually. I mean, when you think about it, because... Years and years ago, after they removed the, the stalks and, and got the shirt out of the cane, they just burned the rest of the, the, the stuff, and that's bad for the environment. But now they're turning it into a pulp, and actually what they do is they, they, they turn it into a pulp, and then the pulp is shot through. That's a lot of pulps going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's shot through this uh, device that um, I mean, yeah, turns, pulp. <laughs> yeah, that turns it into thread, lay on yes, thread, yeah. and then it can be used to be woven into fabric. And again, commercially. So you're talking about going into a manufacturing area or a factory, and it's woven on commercial looms. But yeah, and that, that's perfect. Like, why not? Instead Bef- of putting the smoke into the environment and wrecking our atmosphere, use it for something good. Why? Okay, why aren't we planting more flax? That's a beautiful, beautiful little flower. It's a beautiful little plant. Upon investigation of this, you go and you actually look at the flax plant, and it's like, why aren't we actually using this as part of landscape designs? And maybe well, it's an annual vegetable plant. It's actually considered a vegetable as well, Maddie. Is it really? Yeah. Huh. Yep. Okay. But it is a pretty little plant. It I've is. seen pictures of it in a it's field. A blooms. You should see a field of that stuff. It's you know, it's, it's absolutely beautiful. And you know, here I am asking you, but I, I'm also landscaping. I'm also landscape designing, and why am I not using it? Now, granted, I would say because we are using it as an annual, we use by far and away less annuals than we ever have. I bet you five percent of the beds, right? How much do you think? About five percent. Yeah, I was. Yeah I, yeah, I would have said that. I would have said five to ten. We used to use a lot more, but it's just finding now that many times clients they're asking for no maintenance or as low a maintenance as possible and annuals just don't really figure in nearly like, like they used to. Dad, you were saying that you had properties back in the 70s or 80s where it was 70% annuals. Well, that, they were designed that way, Matthew. They were designed to be annual beds. Okay, so generally speaking, our annual beds, if we went and did new beds from start to finish, we put more annuals in because the gardens were young, okay? Right. So maybe yeah. 15% or so of the bed space would be annuals because the, the plant material hasn't grown to accommodate that space or to occupy that space. 
Yeah, and we've talked about in the past, just before we make our jump here, we've talked about in the past, like I'm in the middle right now of finishing up the pricing on a, on a design that I've done and there's an area in the bed or there's two areas in the bed that are predominantly fall showers, right? There's an area where there's black-eyed Susie and then I have an area where it's uh, Autumn Joy Sedum. Both of those things are going to be hitting their stride later into the summer, right? Middle of August, you're going to begin So are you overseeding or are you just going to plant by, by plug? Like I'm going to, I'm going to put... I'm going to put like, you know, six, whatever, four gallon, like four gallon. One gallon. Yeah. So, yeah, sorry. One gallon. Actually, on the Autumn Joys, I think I'm specking two gallon on the the Autumn Joys. But but in those areas, guys, and for our listeners here on the growing season on News Talk Saga 960 AM, we would make those areas suitable for annuals. And the reason is because these things would be providing show on the shoulder seasons, right? You would be having, if you put your annuals in earlier in the summer, they would hold that spot until your black-eyed Susie is ready, until your sedum autumn joy is is ready. And you'd have color in those areas all year round, right, Dad? Sure. And the idea is you... The thing is, though, Matt, you want to, again, you're going along and you're trying to fill in spaces until the other larger plant material grow as well, right? That's it. That's a perfect space to jump on the other side of it. Why the heck do we wear clothes anyway? And uh, I'm a big fan of this question because uh, my my love of the female form is well is well documented. Why do we have to wear clothes? She's Lynn, he's Jack, I'm Matt, and uh, we'll be running from the law for, like, public nudity. This is the growing season right here on News Talks, like a 960 AM. back i decided uh, on the break that because uh, clothes are not necessary i am i am currently recording this in the no anyway <laughs> yeah. uh, my, my wife comes downstairs she's like what are you doing this looks like saturday night no i'll leave it alone okay anyway all right so so the question then becomes and there's an interesting story that surrounds this i had the pleasure of taking drum lessons from one of the foremost jazz teachers in the Toronto area and many would argue in all of Canada and on top of being an absolutely brilliant brilliant jazz player this drum teacher was a noted nudist okay so him oh, and his yeah. family were nudists so they save money on clothes then they would say they were definitely not putting the 70 pounds of clothing into the into the landfill and i remember walking in there first drum lesson and I had the pleasure of being his last student of the evening so it would have been I think it was nine o'clock at night and that's how late this guy was teaching he would go from noon until nine sometimes ten o'clock at night and there on his desk in his studio was a picture of himself his wife and his two young children completely naked okay and I remember we you know two or three lessons in and I took up, I got up the courage to ask him. I said, "Hey, uh, what's the deal here?" And he's like, "Well, so my my family and I are nudists and blah." And he said, "Well, as long as we have this subject out in the open, would you mind if I taught the lesson naked?" And I said to him, "You know what, man? <laughs> like, look, this is my dime. If you could just kindly keep like your sticks in the in the in the appropriate places, that would." Be- <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> 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 get used to it after a while. Yeah, totally. And he said too. He said like he lived in an area where he had neighbors that had been there for years and years and years, and they were totally cool with him just walking around on the lawn. He's mowing the lawn, and he's completely naked. I don't think so, Matthew. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, me. we have a rule on the job site for for anyone looking to. For anyone interested in some of the behind-the-curtain stuff when it comes to job sites, I have a, I have a rule on, on the job site where all of my employees must have their shirts on. All of them. I agree, Matthew. I had a lot of customers over the years ask me, could you 
have your guys please keep their shirts on. Yep. Some people are very intimidated. I don't know, intimidated, maybe embarrassed by the, the whole thing, and they think they want to keep one thing separate from the other. Yeah. Kind of wrong phrasing. Yeah. yeah, and and Dad, like you've seen my employees. I have a couple that are that are very, very well built. And they would look wonderful with their shirts off and they have the tattoos and the whole thing and everything. But it's just, in my opinion, it was just never professional. And it's the same as actually I'm blessed to not have any smokers on site. So for me, I deemed that very unprofessional too, where you, where the person's you know running a wheelbarrow and there's a cigarette hanging out of their mouth. It's the same thing as, as the shirts. But my point being is, guys, why do we need to wear clothes or where did this come minute, from? Matt, why do we wear clothing? Well, because, listen, we live in southern Ontario, and if, if, if you think shrinkage from the pool is bad, wait till you walk outside in the middle of January, you got some shrinkage going on, right? No, but Matt, you know, the thing is that, honestly, you go way back. They started, okay, even underwear. Okay, Matthew, underwear is not something that has been necessarily worn forever. It, it took off big in the, what, was it Victorian period? No, the Elizabethan period, right? Was when they were really big with wearing underwear. Uh, yeah, but there were people before that I that wore underwear. Go yeah. ahead, lay it on us, Lynn. Sorry. Uh, 6,000 years ago, the steppe people in Western Asia wore underwear because they liked to ride horses, and it was just more comfortable for them to wear underwear. Got it. Got it, yeah. yeah. And you know what? And, and, and the poor horse, like if you're running around there on the horse, you got no underwear on, after a while, that horse is like, yo, like, my back stinks. It smells yeah, like human. Well, when you think about it, okay, so say it's 60,000 years ago and you're just wearing animal skins and no underwear, like animal skin underwear, you go and you sit down on a rock or you sit down on some dirt, you know, okay, maybe they didn't think quite the same as us, but they're modern humans. I'd be worried about some kind of little bug or worm crawling well, into parts I don't want them to be. And the so thing, you know, and the thing is, too, like, you know, coming from... Coming from a, a a gender here, where you know stuff, stuff like hangs, man. You, you go and like sit on a rock, and that rock is either cold or hot. That like, yeah, you're getting yeah. the, also, the wake up disease, call of your Matt, lifetime what about here. Disease, Just yeah. because you never know. Again, your mom said what was you know you know what pooped on the rock or yeah. what peed on the rock, and the next thing you know, you sit down on this rock and you pick up some sort of disease and so forth. And then, you, you know, you back then you didn't have antibiotics. That's right. Oh, yeah. So we started wearing clothing because uh, uh, 2.5 million years ago, when our ancient, ancient ancestors invented using stone tools, that caused us to get up and walk around, get up and walk around more, forage more. And when we were moving more, we had more internal body heat. Our sweat glands evolved more, and we began to lose the body hair. So once we became, you know, we are now, we needed something to cover ourselves up. And when we walked out of Africa 70,000 years ago to head to points west, east, north, and even south, we encountered colder climates. And because we had become fairly hairless, we needed to cover ourselves up with something. Now, are you, like, legitimately, was there just a... They got up one day and they're like, you know what we're going to do? We're just walking out of Africa. Bye. No, I actually, I actually tried to do a bit of reading on that. The climate changed. It was some climate change. Uh, Africa started to dry out. I, I, I didn't get into the explanation why, but the area of Africa, which I'm thinking is the Great Rift Valley, eastern part of Africa, started to dry out. So it just wasn't as easy living. So we just started moving and it wasn't like... You know, the leader of the tribe says, all right, guys, you know, pack everything up on your travel. We're walking north. We're going to Europe. It was very gradual. It was following the game and the, and the food. Maddie, we, we've got to switch over from history to various plants that are used for fabric. Okay. okay. Is that okay? Awesome. Can we get into... Okay. okay. So can we get into one that many would never associate with this? Okay. Like, well, what would it be? Okay. Okay, so as landscapers, what do we use a lot when we move trees around? A, a tree ball carrier. Okay, not carriers. The material. We're doing a fabric show here. What, what uh, material? The jute. <laughs> and not landscape fabric. Okay, you said jute? Yes, jute. Close enough. Burlap. Right. Okay, do you know where burlap comes from? Hemp. No. No? No. 
I was always... from something called the sal agave sisana, sisalana plant. Okay, cool, great. That's, that's fantastic. There's a Latin alert. That's yeah. my, that's a late one this time. Yeah, also to uh, growingseasoncanada.com, click on show bits, and uh, I'll have to Google whatever the heck my dad just said. I always loved it. The uh, <laughs> There's sometimes when you guys say something, and I'm like, how do I spell that to even Google this? Okay, go for it. Sisal fiber. Okay. Yeah, so Matt, it's, it's something that we use for, for making a burlap. It's naturally light brown. It's uh, It can be dyed different colors. But, Matt, it's generally left in an earthy or a muted kind of look, or natural look. And, Matt, it's made, it's what our burlap is made out of. You had no idea about it. Now, because I always thought this was hemp. No, no, hemp is too expensive, I guess. Sisal is cheaper. Then they say sisal and jute are both actually used to make kind of this burlap. And they said that sisal is better than burlap in a way that you can actually walk on it with your bare feet, and it's not that hard on your feet. So... But Matt, it is traditionally used for for rope or twine. They make, let me think here, paper, cloth, footwear, hats, bags, anything, carpets, steel textiles. Even our dart boards are made out of it, Matthew. Now, the interesting thing, Dad, and you can you can vouch for me on this, nothing smells like burlap. No, I like the smell of me it. Me too. I, like I love it. But burlap has its own smell. Nothing smells like that. That's the only thing that smells like that. I know. So the fact that it's called sisal, you've never you never had a clue that it was made. Burlap was made from that, right? How do you spell this? S i s a l. Sisal. Huh. Okay. No, I, I. Again, I thought we were. I thought that you could take that. You could that burlap that you had cut off of the tree ball to basically open the tree ball up. You could take that, roll that sucker up in some joint papers, and just smoke that thing and get crazy high on the job site. No. No. Oh. No. <laughs> No, anyways, if you, you you're dally, you're dallying 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 around yeah <laughs> around hemp, let's hit with hemp for a minute. Uh, what's good? What's important about hemp? Is it? It's a member of the cannabis family. It's a cannabis sativa family. Yes. Yep. So now this stuff's been around for oh I don't know twenty eight hundred BC kind of thing, and it came out of China. So, and then it arrived in Europe in twelve hundred BC, something like that. But uh, what's cool about it? It has zero. Point three percent THC in it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. So, so when what you you're say, saying? My is, clothing makes you feel like a million bucks. Yeah. You really need it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or you know, if you're like you know, if if you're really jonesing for a joint, you just take everybody's sweater in the whole neighborhood, roll those suckers up, and just smoke them. No. Yeah. So Matt, where is it illegal to grow hemp? Okay, in well, large quantities. Definitely not here in Canada. Nope. Canada's it, fine. You can go ahead and grow all you want. But where? Where? United States? United States is number one. It's illegal to grow any sort of large quantities of it. And if you go to Kuwait, you can't grow any because they consider it a, an illegal drug. Okay. Now, hold on a second here, though. And you guys might not have this. Now, granted, as it seems on this episode of The Growing Season... On News Talk, Saga 960 AM, you guys have all the stinking answers, but what about in states in the United States where cannabis is legal? So what about in Colorado? Can they but grow again, hemp? how much quantity are you going to I don't know. use it for whatever reason? I, yeah, you know well, what, Matt? I think, I think probably now, but it's so new, now in certain states you probably could grow it on an industrial scale. Because if cannabis is legal, like California, it's legal too. So I guess it depends on the state you're in. Yep. Okay, so I'll tell you, there's an interesting story here. The last gig that I did, major gig in public, was in Smith's Falls. Okay? And in Smith's Falls, it used to be known for, I believe it was, a Hershey factory. I believe. Okay? Yes. And... That Hershey factory went out of business, and what they had replaced that Hershey factory with was cannabis. So that entire Hershey factory, Dad, you drive into that town, and it reeks of weed. Like, reeks of it. Unbelievable how much that stank. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I've only seen it. And you know what, Matt? I, I've actually not only on 
<laughs> client's properties that I ever see it actually growing in in the wild kind of thing. But I've never actually seen it in large fields, and I would imagine there's all sorts of people who have flipped over and done the exact same thing as they did at the Hershey factory. Well, yeah, and we've seen that more and more now with clients yep. asking about, hey, can you incorporate some marijuana? I, I had a client this past season where I had to investigate exactly what I, I can and cannot do because you're, you can, you can only have four plants recreationally, right? So sure. yeah. you want to make sure that as a professional out here, you're not planting something that is violating. Like nobody has rules against, listen, you can only have four platycodon. That's it. You can't have more than that. Right. Like, yeah. right. So <laughs> you, you don't want to be putting something in the ground that you, you have bylaw officers coming in. Like who, well, who planted this for you? Well, the growing season did. Okay. Well, let's get their number. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So, yeah. so Maddie, I have uh, Away from the weed for a minute. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to talk about the weed. So, Maddie, if you were out weeding a garden, yep. and you came across one particular thing that you absolutely hate, hated to find, what would it have been? Um. Well, dandelions always suck because they're stinking taproot on the. No, no, suckers. I'm talking hurt and pain here. Oh, dude, nettles. No, nettles, nettles. and thistles. Thistles also suck, but nettles really suck. Okay, Mom, hit them with nettles. You can make fabric from nettles. It's called Ramy. Okay. And it's been around for 6,000 years. There is no way I am putting nettle underwear anywhere near my... (laughs) Because let me tell you, nothing would feel more uncomfortable than nettle underwear. Yeah, I yeah, really, yeah. (laughs) Like, one of the names for it besides Ramy is Chinese grass or grass linen. But there's absolutely no way that the fabric made from nettles you would want to use is linen because linen, as you wash it, gets softer. And this rainy fabric, as you wash it, gets rougher because it's nettles. Okay, but it would, it, they make great cords from it. Um, that was the original cord. That was the original cord, cord and baskets from nettles. Uh, now, they didn't say what kind of, uh, what, what they would use the fabric for, but I would think it's maybe for... Um, um, Shoes or like bags, uh, carpets or something like that, but nothing that you would want to be washing like your underwear on a fairly regular basis because it gets really, really rough. Okay. It comes out of Eastern Asia. Okay. And it's been around for 6,000 years and it's gaining commercial interest in Europe right now. But here's my question with this. Well, a number of questions come up because nettles are a son of a... Okay. Oh, yeah, they hurt and they burn. <laughs> they, are, they are awful. They are awful. I would never in a million years, Matthew, go out intentionally and plant nettles because I wanted to get rainy out of it. Okay, but, well, they... but, but here's the question then. Is, is this stuff impossibly expensive because the harvesting of it is all kinds of sucky? But they, they do it by machines. Aren't, it's done by machines. Yeah, yeah like I know 6,000 years ago, they didn't have machines. They were harvesting them by hand. <laughs> they also think that Ramy fabric was used in embalming cloths, like in the Egyptian mummies. Now, granted, you know, the person inside is dead. They're not going to feel the roughness of it. But yeah, yeah. It's, uh, but I would never think of nettles as fabric. I was kind of shocked when I saw it. That is, wow. Yeah, absolutely. So, Annie, what's your time like, man? We have. Let's say seven minutes. Okay. Can we hit trees for a minute? As Absolutely. Fabric? Well, yeah. I, well, now, granted, I don't. We here at the growing season do not condone horticultural violence of any sort, so we do not condone hitting trees. Now, we can discuss them, but we do not endorse violence, especially when it comes to our large aircraft carrier and battleship friends in any degree. Okay, Dad. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> that was really bad, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay, go for it. So, Maddie, do you remember doing our, our show back last winter? We did one on the, it seems like forever ago, the forest fires in Australia. Yes, we actually paired that with Allison Johnson from the Spice Trader. Visit the spicetrader.ca. Yeah, so, anyways, the tree that was used there that was, that was responsible for most of the problems with the fires, and as well as in California, is something called the eucalyptus. Yep. This is now, a, the eucalyptus, even though it's a basically a weed tree, it's actually very good, the fibers, for making fabric. Yeah, and it's great because if you get it 
too close to a flame, you just spontaneously combust because it's a <laughs> it's an igniter. It's part of the <laughs> yeah, reason why it's part of the reason why the forest fires raged so hard in in Australia. Well, you know, Matt, the, the problem is that there's all sorts of companies out there that are now making making product, making fabric out of all the different uh, various trees. And, and by the way, it's not just eucalyptus. Okay, it's basically just about anything you could think of, but. Uh, the product depends on the company. Okay, so for instance, there's a company out there right now called Ten Tree. You could look it up, and you could put it up on your on the website. But anyways, Matt, this this company believes that for every one tree that they'll use for fiber for material for fabric, they'll plant ten back, and that's why they're called Ten Tree. That's fantastic, actually. But Matt, they also have something called bark cloth. Okay, and that also comes primarily from trees. But guess it. Get this guy, Matt. Moraceae family. Okay. okay. Yeah. So that, you know, when, uh, that's mulberry, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it would also be, uh, let me think here, Papyrifera is another one. Really? Ficus. Yeah, ficus. You so, son of a betula. <laughs> son of a betula. But, Matt, <laughs> it goes to show you that they can basically use it from almost any tree. And the idea is what they do is they'll, it's made by, they'll take uh, strips of, say, the the inner bark of these trees, and they'll make sheets out of them. And then they're basically finished into various uh, types of items in, in clothing. Isn't that kind of cool? Well, uh, speaking of that, and while you were chatting, I was listening, contrary to popular belief, uh, because you were talking about how there's, they're, they're using things to make, to make things that you wouldn't necessarily think about. My wife, we've stopped buying... Saran wrap. We've we've stopped buying plastic wrap. Guys, do you know what she uses? What does she use? She use she uses beeswax food wraps. Oh cool. So you can buy these things. They're reusable. You can wash them. They're reusable oh, wow. beeswax food wraps. She literally like we have something left over from dinner and you pull out one of these little wraps and you literally wrap the food around it and because it's wax when it gets into the fridge, the wax begins to sort of settle, and it literally creates a seal. It's unbelievable, and you can wash it. Wait, wait, wait. So what about transference? What do you mean? Well, when you put something inside it, and the is it washable? Or what, yeah. What, what ex- yeah, like you, can, like, like you can wash it. No, you can't How wash it. How many times can you wash it? She's had the same set of beeswax wraps for months and months. I, I mean, oh, I would have... Really? Yeah, now, granted, you can't... I don't think that you can put it in the microwave... And hit hit microwave on it, okay? But because, you don't really want to do what that was saran wrap. No, because it'll off gas. But so, but she pulls the she pulls the wrap off, puts it in the microwave, and does it. And then I find these bees wrap these beeswax wraps by the sink that I have to wash up. And again, and you're you not just supposed wash to, them in warm soapy water. That's it. Wash them in warm and put soapy. Put them on the dish rack to that's dry. It. Interesting. That's very interesting. Yep. yep. So, so Matthew. The reason why they okay, this bark cloth, you, you would not believe it. It shows up in your everyday lives, and we don't even realize. Okay, they said number one on the list was loincloths. I don't know what even loincloths. Okay, well maybe in the hot countries, maybe. Now, but granted, Matt, now hold on a second. Are they making loincloths out of black locust? No, <laughs> no, no. I think that would be a little bit. That's cool. Barbwires on the locust would be a little painful. Yes, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But Matt, skirts, draperies, wall hanging. All that kind of thing is made from bark cloth. You can even put it in thick layers, and it makes an excellent bed. So, okay, so you you were saying Bachelor papyrifera. Yep. Okay, well, you were saying now. What about so? Does it is it anything that sheds? What about Acer griseum? No, no, it's not like that. It's uh, something called a Brucinetia, um er, uh, artocarpus. I can't. I couldn't tell you what that one is. Okay. Uh, um. There's a whole pile here, Matthew. They're all in Latin, and I know Latin, and I can't give you all the names back. Okay, but I recognize seventy-five percent of them. What about Dad? Uh, what about Platinus acerifolia? I would imagine if, uh, as long as the bark is, like they say, they they, re- they take the inner layers of the the the, the um, usually the phloem. Yeah, the actual phloem part of the of the actual bark itself. Okay, and then it's beaten till it's soft and so forth. But Matt, they say it, it makes great fabric. And uh, they say that the fact is that it is so ancient of an art of making this cloth this way that they say it has uh, 
It's deeply involved in religious and ceremonial life, so it goes way back, Matthew. Now, if you were one of the ancient people and you found out that your partner was cheating on you with somebody else, it could have been very easy. You just you just make them up a poison ivy loincloth, but you don't tell them that yeah. it's poison ivy, <laughs> and that's just sweet, sweet revenge, right? Yeah. So, Matt, why do you think eucalyptus is so well, you so um, is you widely used? Sorry. Probably or, because of the fact that it grows so quick, it's it's a fairly aggressive oh, growth. That's my boy, yes, yep. because it grows very quickly. And again, it's it's uh, it's maintained with a high level of consciousness, given the fact that the um, the, the amount of chemicals and pesticides that they're using. So the idea is you don't want to have something that's so toxic, especially if it's going to be used in an article of clothing. You got to right. be careful with that, right? Yep. Yeah. But Maddie, they they also take clothing and they turn it in. They recycle it and change it, change it into insulation. Have you heard about that? No, but you know what? We don't have time for that right now. Actually, that is a great place to press pause. All right, Dad, we got two minutes, and you don't have two minutes, but you, there was something super cool about the insulation. Go quick, quick, quick. Okay, so basically, Matthew, the, the, the insulations are all like fiberglass, which is the cheapest insulation you can put in. You got mineral, which is, they call it rock wool. Yep. And that's most effective and so forth. And then you have cellulose and so forth. But Matt, they're taking it and turning it into insulation. So all your old clothing that you would turn in, that's not getting used. It's getting recycled. Mom, you want to expand? Well, 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 being put back into insulation. Like the yeah, our, our used clothing store, Evolve and Bolton, now you can separate the clothes. You can give them the garbage bag full of clothes that are in great shape, and they can sell them as used clothing, and people buy them. You can give them and give them a garbage bag marked salvage, and put all the clothes for that, like in that bag that are ripped and torn and stained, because they will take that and they will sell it to companies that are using that clothing to turn into insulation. And I this think is that's precisely great. why certain rooms in your house on new builds smell, because they're using recycled underwear. Yes? Yeah, well, hopefully it's washed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Growing but season. Matt, it's, it's almost as good as... Okay, rock wool is probably your better one of the bunch, okay? Yeah. And it's almost as good as that. It's about 70% as, as good. So your, the reason why you use the fiberglass is because it's quick, okay? Perfect. And it's also fireproofing, okay? So yeah. that's why you got to know, Matt. Perfect. But I think it's the coolest thing. And I think that the fact that you can take your old clothing now and turn it into insulation for your home and warm it, I think it's a great thing. Wonderful. GrowingSeasonCanada.com is the website. Uh, go there for all of your horticultural needs. Again, we are doing consults as well as landscape designs over the winter to get ahead of the spring rush. And it is looking like it is going to be one of the busiest springs in recent memory. Guys, the bra is the most democratic piece of clothing, and here's why. It elevates the small ones, it supports the big ones, and it keeps the masses together. (laughs) (laughs) Mom? That's cute. Till next time, have a good one, and here's for all the best for everybody in 2021. Jack out. If you miss any part of our show today or any of our earlier broadcasts, don't panic. Just log on to our website at www.saga960am.ca backslash podcasts and look for and stream our podcasts of this show and any of our other great programs.